Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. So just, if you're comfortable, take in a nice deep breath. Let's let it go. And so I just, I stand and I know in this moment that there is one divine presence, one divine source, one power that is, and that is all there is. It is everywhere present. It is in everything and in every no thing. There is no spot where this divine intelligence is not. And so I know just as it is in the sun that shines outside on this beautiful day, as it is in the spring that is awakening, in the grass that is outside, in the trees that are growing, in the birds that are showing up and singing their song. It is at the core of all of this, as it is as the core of me, as it is in the core of every individual in this place, in this sanctuary, in the sacred circle, in the sacred circle online, to anyone that hears this prayer on this day. And so right now I just speak my word knowing that today is a blessed day. Today is every individual is in alignment with that one divine presence, that light that is within. Just letting and allowing that heart to shine, to shine forth. And as we anchor this in today's service, we listen with hearts on our ears as we stay in our hearts. And as we do that, I know that every individual is in alignment with that one, that the gifts of that divine love intelligence, that spirit, that power come forth and we live as joy, as compassion, as love for ourselves and for one another and for this world. And that ripples out ripples out from us individually to this circle, to this community, to this county, to this state, to the world. I'm so, so grateful. I'm so, so grateful for this truth. My heart just overflows with so much gratitude. I am so thankful for this word and for this truth with a capital T. And so with that, I just release that into the law, knowing that it is already done. It is already so, for it cannot be any other way. And together we say, and so it is. And now we'll have two minutes of silence, and Johanna will bring us back. As we recognize our oneness, see, we are one. We just are, yes? Yes. But we have to recognize it, don't we? 
We have to be aware of it. There's an infinite presence in the universe that is there, and yet we have to recognize it. And as we recognize it, our lives express that with ease and with grace. We don't have to make it happen. We have to open ourselves up and make it welcome and allow it to flow. We get to say yes or no. We get to open the door or close the door. We have that choice, yes? And we oftentimes close the door based on old past conditioning. Anybody besides me? I'm not alone. So we have these experiences, and I want to, there's a chart that I made that I want to uh, really work with a little bit and take the time to do that, because it talks about beliefs that keep us separate. And so, Danny, if you want to start that, we're just going to skip right into that. And so we have these old beliefs, and we got most of them uh, in childhood. Studies say that by the time we're eight years old, we have gotten about 75 to 80% of the programming in our minds that we will ever have. So think about that when you were seven or eight years old and four or five years old. How good were you making decisions that were keeping the perspective of the whole world in mind? Not well, right? So we have these core beliefs, and it starts off with uh, the belief that I am separate from life. It's a foundational belief. I am separate from life. We have an experience somewhere in our childhood where we suddenly realize that there is a me that I identify with, and then there's a out there. Yes? And me and out there are trying to connect, but we feel like we can't. We forget that we already are connected, yes? And so we look at that, we get to that, that spell, if you will, that I'm separate from life, and we start acting from that spell. Out of that, we get the experience or the belief that life is not safe. Anybody ever have that kind of cross their mind occasionally? Life is not safe, other people are not safe, love is not safe, all that stuff is not safe. I am not safe. Life is not safe. This is a capital L, life. And so out of that, then we start to operate with some processes to compensate for that. And the first of those is I must control life. If I'm separate from life and life is not safe, I got to do something. I got to control it. I got to work with that last night and this morning as the service was kind of unfolding and, and stuff was happening. You know? So I must control life. How many of you have tried to control life at some point in your lives? Okay? And how has that worked for you? Not well. The next part of I must control life, the way that I control life is I must do it right. Uh, I must do it right. The thing is, what's right? What is the doing it right? Did anybody else get downloaded with a manual that said this is the, the how to do it right? I didn't. I missed that one. Eventually, we come to the fact that because life still seems not under our control, we, have the, the, we draw the conclusion, I'm not doing it right enough. Yes? yes? 
which cycles us right back to, I must control life, and I must do it righter, and I must figure out what the writer is. And, we, and it's a little, we spin, spin, and spin, and we make up new rules, and new laws, and all this stuff until finally we, we get to our hidden beliefs underneath that, which is, because I'm not doing it right, because this ain't working, there must be something wrong with me. I am wrong. I am flawed. Because of that, I am unlovable. Mm. I know nobody else has, but I have that come up every once in a while. I've had it come up extremely recently, shall we say. (laughs) A couple people know what I'm talking about. And out of that, then we get to another core spell, which is I am alone. Which is right back to I am separate from life. And this is a hamster wheel that we keep running on and running on and running on, trying to do it right, trying to, to you know, do something different, trying to make it all work out no matter what. Guess what? This will never get you what you want. Right? We'll post this chart up on our um, website. And we wonder why we feel so messed up. And so to step out of this spell, thank you, Denny, to step out of this spell, we have to do what we talked about last week. You all know what that is, even those of you who weren't here last week, right? No. We have to, and that is to become aware that what we really want, what we really want, the life, the love, the power, the the peace, the beauty, the joy, the wisdom, is already here, and we just have to shift our focus like we would with an optical illusion picture to see that, to see what it is, to see our aliveness. It's already here, but most of us are so busy on the hamster wheel, right? Because we know that life you know, isn't safe and we're not working it right and all that stuff, that we don't look over here and, and see this. Our youth did a, a, a little practice to remind themselves of the oneness that they are. And so I'm going to invite them to bring that up. It's going to take just a moment. You're on now. Ocean, would you bring our large poster up? And I would like to invite... I would like to invite Navaya and Heidi to help hold the poster. So this project, um, we really took a look about um, who we are. So the youth named out loud who they were and what they loved about themselves and what they loved about, how about over here? You're f- is, that, is that good? You're fine. Okay. Um, and what they loved out in the world and how they see themselves sharing their talents and their gifts out in the world and what that looks like and what does it take to share just a little bit braver, right? What do we do? What actions do we take? So they each designed a puzzle piece, personalized a puzzle piece, and then we put it all together. And I'd like to invite the youth who have missing puzzle pieces to come up and connect those. Mateo. And if you guys can help support the back, yeah. And Wyatt. And we have 
one more at the very, the very end. Yep, got another one. <laughs> Somebody might be feeling a little bashful. That's okay. That's all right. We honor everybody where they're at. You'd be just another last minute change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we flow with that. We flow with that. So if you notice. We can all say it together once we got that puzzle piece together, that once we have it all connected, we realize that we are all, all one. Absolutely. So that's pretty awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oops. Aren't there days you sometimes wish you could just participate in the kids' room? Do cool stuff like making puzzles out of yourself. Hmm. Yes. Thank you. So we've been trained to create a particular reality in a way that matches our image of what we think reality should be. Yes? And we all have a different idea of what reality should be. If you ask somebody who's politically very far on this side, it's different than the person who's politically very far on this side. If you ask a person who's... We can divide ourselves up into all sorts of ways and we all have different ideas of how it should be. But they're just our ideas of how it should be. There is no grand should be that's being held in some infinite mind somewhere. We are making it up as we go. Take a breath. You want to walk on water? You're making it up as you go. We are already doing it right now. It's called walking on life. <sighs> so we can be on the hamster wheel. Or we can be on freedom. The freedom train, should we call it? And this works with everything. I remember Krishna Das, who's another wonderful uh, chanter, um, one time said that we bring our own personalities to our spiritual life. I do spirituality through the mirror or the window of my personality, not necessarily through the cleanness of spiritual practice and spiritual life. So we can take a religious science class because we need to. So we can do the life more right. <laughs> or we can take it out of curiosity. Or support in being reminded of our already existing wholeness. We can do chanting in order to please the gods and work off our karma and all that. Or we can do chanting for the joy of connecting with the gods within us. Those who know me know that I love Hindu chanting, and I do it quite frequently. But I don't chant to a Krishna out there or a Ram out there. I find the essence of Krishna and Ram within myself, and I say, Hare Krishna within me. Praise the Krishna. Raise that Krishna, that compassion. Ram is the perfection of the divine. Praise to that within me. 
And so I'm chanting to that essence within me saying, yeah, come forward, come forward. Live a little more out loud. To disconnect from the spells, we can use compassionate curiosity to notice what we're actually experiencing. I have a a story in here of, of, if you pick up a strawberry, everybody imagine in your mind for a moment, you're picking up a strawberry. And the truth is, you're not really picking up a strawberry. You're picking up the universe. Because in order for that strawberry to exist, there had to be a big bang 13 and a half, whatever, billion years ago. There had to be the formation of stars because every element of, almost every element on the planet is formed by the incubators called stars. Eventually there had to be a solar system, a planet, a mother plant, a seed, light, water, which is a very rare commodity in the universe, a mother plant, and then seed after seed after seed for, bil- for hundreds of thousands of years at least to create that strawberry you're holding in your hand. And by the way, it continues on from there. Yes? So we look at something and we see the, the, just the, this momentness of it. I pop a strawberry in my mouth without thinking about it. But if we step back and take a moment to really go deep and understand and be willing to listen to the echoes of time throughout this this process, we get a deeper perspective. The idea that we are separate from a universe is ridiculous. It took that same 13.5 billion years to 4.5 billion years as this planet to all the process to grow you and me. Yes? And our seeds, whether we have children or don't have children, our seeds of consciousness, our seeds of interactions with people, continue to flow and ripple on, no matter what we do. The youth had an assignment to interview a couple of people in the community, and who was it? Jennifer. Jennifer got interviewed, and Leah, I believe, did the interview. Is that? Yes. So I'm going to invite them both up to share what was that experience, getting to know somebody more deeply than just on the surface like. No, it it's, needs to get raised. Hello? Yes, okay. you're on. Okay. So this month we were interviewing people to learn more about them and our community. So I interviewed Jennifer, and this is what I learned. She's 47. She was born in New York. She has uh, one boy, and she has worked at Planned Parenthood. She's a writer, and she's most proud of her bravery. And she's looking forward to finding out more things that make her happy this year. Her best memory from when she was a child was playing in the snow with her cousins. And she likes working with kids and making friends at CSL Olympia. And it was so nice being interviewed by you. You were just so calm. Oh, I always do that. Um, You're just so calm, and you were just really listening to what I was saying. And you're just such a cool soul and such a sweet person to work with in the kids' room. So thank you for interviewing Mm. me.
So I'm going to invite you this week to get to know somebody, to get to observe and pay attention to something and look deeper than the surface. Look deeper than, you know, oh, that's Doug. You know, I've known Doug for, you know, a while, and, and, you know, we do this, and he does It's like, what else can I learn about Doug? What else can I reveal about me to Doug if he's curious? So I notice, I invite you to notice, to, to pay attention. Every spiritual practice has attention as a foundational practice. I've told the story of the, the Zen student who's walking with the Zen teacher and uh, says, what's the, what's the key to enlightenment? And the, and the Zen teacher says, attention. And the student says, well, yeah, I know attention is the starting you know, point, but well, what comes after that? And the Zen master says, the second, first step is attention. The second step is attention. The 100th step is attention. And so a student, still in a little resistance to this process, says, well, well then what do you mean by attention? And the Zen master says, ah, yes, wonderful question. By attention, I mean attention. <laughs> we can't get away from that. You know, we teach in this, th- this teaching that our thoughts are creative. Uh, plenty of other teaching teachers teach the same thing. Our thoughts are creative. Are we paying attention? As a friend of mine says, I'm always thinking, you're always thinking, but are we thinking what we're thinking about? Really think what we're thinking about. So paying attention with compassionate curiosity. And did you get both parts of that? Compassionate curiosity. No big mallets out beating ourselves up. Compassionate for ourselves and others. Curiosity. Oddly enough, our topic for next month, all of next month, is curiosity as a superpower. So we're going to look at life through a new set of glasses and discover that we can celebrate life. So this week, one spiritual practice, pay attention with compassionate curiosity. Notice where these old beliefs, you saw that chart, notice where they show up and let them shift by realizing you are one with a life, capital L life, that already is the life, the love, the light, the peace, the power, the beauty and joy that you really already want that you really want. You already are, I already am that. Our hearts beat as one. And then celebrate. I'm going to close with a quote from Father Richard Rohr from his book called Falling Upward. He says, your true self, and I'll need an affirmation person, Adrian, after this. Your true self is who you objectively are from the beginning in the mind and heart of God. The surrendering of our false self is necessary to find the pearl of great price. You and I have a shell oftentimes that we've created, a a defended personality that's, that's our false self. And so to allow that to fall away, allow ourselves to wake up from that, that's the cost of finding the pearl of great price. And we have an affirmation, and I believe we're going to have... Are you doing the affirmation? Why not? All right. (laughs) Our wonderful ocean is going to do the affirmation, which is there and will appear on the screen, and is on the screen right there. Yeah. All right. Let's say God. All right, all right. (laughs) All right, here we go. Do it twice. Do it twice? Yeah. All right, so everyone say it with me. 
This one life is my life right now, and I celebrate it out loud. One more time. This one life is my life right now, and I celebrate it out loud. And so it is. And so it is. And so I invite you to look around at the faces of the divine and to remember that your face is one of those faces and breathe that in. And as I breathe, I remember that there is one infinite presence by whatever name we call it, God, Tao, Spirit, Allah, all the names. It's beyond all the names. It is this infinite presence. It is all that there is, and it is the life and the love and the light. It is the power, it is the peace, it is the beauty, and it is the joy that simply is the life that we experience in human form. And each of us already is one of that, because you can't be outside of an infinite presence. And so we are within that presence. That presence is within us. And so this week we let it shine. We let it shine out loud, brightly. We recognize our heart, your heart, our heart, the one heart, all is one, interconnected. And so it is. Amen.